if I had a, if I had to give you a, maybe a little, put you on the spot, what would make you happy? Lunch. Lunch? <laughs> you're, you're getting there. <laughs> How about skipping about 20 minutes of a sermon? Everybody's like, I had no nays whatsoever out of that. Awesome, awesome. So when you see slides going blinding by, you're not even going to worry because that means you're closer to lunch, okay? That's what it looks like. What would make you happy? It's a good question to ask because when you ask people that question, they have to think about it. And so what that means is there's a little bit of a dividedness in our minds about we don't even really know what would make us happy. Have you ever gone to the fridge? This is the key thing. You look in the fridge, and you look around, and you're like, yeah, I'll go for that. And you're back in the fridge five minutes later. Why? You didn't really know what was going to make you happy. So today, if, if uh, this is going to be really quick, um, I want you to recognize that um, in the Bible, actually, happiness and joy are used in the very same verses. They're, they're not... They're, they're not that much different in the sense of their truth, but joy is different in the sense that joy can be, as Joel was saying, joy can be present even when our happenstances are not really that happy. And so joy is far-reaching. It's deeper. And uh, recognizing what would make you happy may kind of get you in touch. So if someone says to you, I want to be happy, you recognize what they're saying is, is that they want joy as well. One of the key things that people who are getting married uh, will say to you is, we just want to be what? Happy, right? And so we all know, who are, we who are married know that, that, joy is, that marriage is filled with happiness, but it's also filled with what? There are difficult times too as well. And so happenstances aren't always happy, but they're joyful because count it pure joy when you're involved in any kind of difficulty. So we're going to skip through a whole bunch. So if you want to look down because you get dizzy, that's fine, okay? So that's, that's just going to be the way it's going to be. I told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. Okay. Now you can go right there. There. How do you be joyful? How do you find joy? Maybe you know. Maybe you kind of know. Your spouse probably knows. And what I mean by that is, is, is how, how do you find happiness? And a lot of times we think, well, if I got this toy, it'd make me happy. But that's not really true. Psalm 28 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him. And I recognize that King David, when he wrote that, was thinking about all the things that there are to be thankful for and to be joyful for because of the fact that he had a Lord and he had a relationship with him. And if you were to ask yourself, the question is, uh, oh, I am not on. Okay, that, nope. Oh, that's what's going on. Okay, just a second. We're skipping more, by the way. Okay, there we are. If you were to boil things down and ask yourself, what does joy mean and how do I have it? Because when you walk out of here, one thing, I, I have an assignment for you today. Because you got to skip all of this, here's your assignment. <laughs> James says, put your faith into action. So here's the action part. I want you to recognize and remember, what was Peter's character when he was up here during one part of it? Grumpy. 
he was grumpy. He was grumpy. What do I want you to be and me to be? Not so grumpy. Why? Because when we go out of here, if we're grumpy and you say, I'm a Christian and, I, and you're scowling and gr- great job, Peter, by the way, super job. And we, where is Peter? I, he's, he's gone. He's recovering. Okay, he's up. Okay. <laughs> he's being joyful that that is over. <laughs> he did a great job. But I just love that because grumpiness is kind of the antithesis to joy. Like, okay, you are, you are grumpy and you're a Christian. So if you're grumpy and you're a Christian and you try to tell somebody the good news, what are they going to say? Man, it doesn't seem so good to me either. And so we, are, we, as we possess this joyfulness, need to allow it to come out of us because it's a gift. It's actually one of the fruits of the Spirit. And so we can, we can hold those things in by not allowing the Holy Spirit to control us. And I realize difficult situations are, they come and we have to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, allow ourselves to experience not only love, joy, peace, all of the things that we talk about as we are in Advent. One of those is joy. And so by the fruit of the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, is our joy manifested. And that's kind of how we fight that grumpiness that's there. But abiding during this season is tough. During this season, it's so difficult because it's so busy. And so that works against what? Time. And time spent with the Lord is, becomes harder to, to carve out unless you're really, really specific. And so abiding in Christ is really important for our, our sense of joy. So we're not grumpy and caught up like uh, many people are. Repentance. How can repenting make you joyful? I went to... I was a... I was uh, in a faith. I was Catholic when I was younger. And so we went to, first we had the black thing, black boxes that you would walk into with the door and you would, the curtain and the whole thing. And that was until I was about 10 or 11 or something like that. I think I actually liked that a lot better, actually, truthfully, <laughs> or my confession of sins. And then later on, we were face to face with the priest. And as much as I have issues with some of the stuff that went on there, I can actually say that after leaving my, my talk with that person, and he was just a person, and I recognize that now, but just having that ability to actually repent of some things and taking time to do that, much like we do when we do communion, and we say, you need to get right with the Lord and allow yourself to recognize the things in your life that need to be changed, there is a lightening of your shoulders. There is a joyfulness that occurs when you recognize, and you're already forgiven if you're a Christian, but to go to the Lord and to confess those things and to repent is important for our joy. And so that's kind of allowing us to experience his salvation in a real way. And and then also to celebrate our salvation and to recognize how blessed we truly are. If you are a Christian, if you have, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and he has paid for your sins and you've committed your life to him, you have so much to celebrate and so do I. Because no matter what happens, he holds you. He's the one who holds you in that relationship. And so also looking beyond our current circumstances and allowing ourselves to recognize that those circumstances are, are temporary and they're difficult. And, and, and we realize that many have gone before us who are believers who also have experienced those things, allows us to be joyful, even when things are not, uh, not as we would want them to be. How do we have joy? First of all, we focus and abide in Christ. Secondly, we serve others. What did Jesus say? He said to love God and what? 
love others. And so you recognize, wow, that's a call to, to serving other people because we're just really being Jesus' hands and feet. And one of the best ways to get ourselves off of this grumpy part of things is actually to help others. I see it when people get involved and they're starting to move things and do things and, and kind of get, uh, get off of their feet maybe or off of their chairs, you see a joy that comes about them. And it's really, really true that serving others actually gives us joy. And so it's kind of the giving part of things that actually gives back to us, that God has made us that way. And so if we can focus on other things other than our problems, my, my car, my wash machine that won't work, my relationship at work, my job, whatever your is, to focus on something else. And along with that is bringing joy to others. This last week, um, uh, the Kellers, and, and actually um, as we were going to Sugarland Ridge on Wednesday, um, the Baker and Keller group were actually kind of doing an outreach and a service project at the same time. But what we did was we came in and we sang some songs and, and uh, we sang to our heart's content and we're, we're going to go back there on the 22nd when we do the Bells and Bulls. But then after that, we visited with people and we just allowed ourselves to be, to, to be there, to hear them and to, to enjoy them. And it was so much fun. It was really, really fun. Got to meet some new people, got to reunite with some other people who I knew, and just the whole room was filled. And I realized at the end of it, the last time as I was going out, there were just a few people there. Wow, that, that experience brought almost everyone who was there joy. So how can you feel joy? By maybe just listening to someone, maybe getting to know someone, maybe serving someone. But to do that was really, really rich, and, and I appreciate that. Wasn't it, wasn't it rich? Rich just had this big smile on his face. And, and his thoughts of his store and how many things need to get done were gone for how long? For about an hour and a half to two hours. And a big smile on his face. And he got to meet a bunch of new people, and they were blessed. They were so thankful for that. And so thinking of others brings joy to us. And seeing our life through a lens that is eternal. This is so important to our joy. If you are a believer in Christ, this is not your home. This is kind of a warm-up, really. It's a, it's, a, it's a time for us to experience a relationship with God that's different than it's going to be in all eternity. All eternity. There was a um, John Piper kind of gave an example of how long eternity is. And just the idea that if you just took one grain of sand at a time and you removed one mountain, you, you would realize that you have to to then remove the whole universe for every year that we're going to spend in eternity. And then when that gets done, you got to start all over again because it will be forever and ever that we will celebrate and that we will be with the Lord. And we will be active and we will be serving and we'll be doing things and we'll be doing things that bring us joy as we serve him. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Now there's new things that we, we get to look forward to. As we look at uh, our expecting eternal focus, I want to ask you the question, what would make, your jo what would make you a joy-filled person? What would it be? I first asked you what would make you happy. Now I'm asking you what would make you joy-filled. And the answer is, is to abide in Christ, Jesus first, others second, and then thirdly, truly finding joy from serving him for ourselves. An assured possession that we look forward to is this. Joy is the delight of the mind arising from consideration of a present 
or assured possession of a future good. Our heaven, heaven is assured for us. It isn't something that we have to wonder, oh, I, I hope I get to go to heaven or I hope this will happen. We have that to look forward to. As we were looking in, into uh, Genesis 9 this last week in the men's Friday morning Bible study and Corey was leading us through this, it was really, it was just so clear. In, in Genesis 9 and about 6, it says that we were made in the image of God. We are image bearers of God. It makes us completely different than all the other creatures that are out there. And in that, because we're an image bearer and we, when we recognize that we are actually, we are made in the image of God, that changes our perspective about ourselves. It, it, I may ask you, well, who are you? And, and Bobby might say, I'm an electrician. And Chris may say, I'm a teacher or whatever it is you do. But that's really not truly your identity. And if, if anything, it's a very temporary identity. When you think of eternity and it's in the spans of it, we are image bearers of God. We are made in God's image. Now that changes who you are and how you perceive yourself. And that is so important because God's plan at the beginning was so much like this. And you know, we get married and we want to have a happy life and we, want to, we really would really want to have a joyful life together. Well, recognize this, that in Genesis in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, that, that sin separated us from God. And I've had people tell me, and I've had in the hospital, they'll tell me about their wife or their husband. I lost my, I lost my love when I was 55 years old or whatever. He he had a heart attack or she had whatever it was. And, and you can just tell they, they long for that person. They miss that person. And in the same way, God longs for you and me. Because in the garden, as his church, we, we were, he had lost his love in a certain way. And he has been ever since. He feels the same way about us in the sense that we are now his people in a different form than we will ever feel in eternity. In eternity, we're going to have a closeness with God. We're going to walk with him. And there was a sense of this redemption occurred right away. God's plan went right into to effect. As soon as Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve sinned, God was pursuing us. And each one of us, he pursues to have that relationship restored. And if you're a Christian, you have that relationship restored. You may not enjoy it, and I may not enjoy it in its totality as we will when we're perfected. But what a joy and delight that we have to look forward to as an assured assurance of our future possession. And again, Ephesians 1.3, what we get to look forward to, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There is a tree, just a picture of it, a tree in heaven that has all the spiritual blessings of what Christ has, and they're for us as well. And we will enjoy those things forever. And God will allow us to experience what we can't possibly experience right here. And here's so true. In Psalm 84, it says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Remembering, allowing ourselves to remember who God is and what our eternity is allows us to experience joy even when we're in the midst of situations that are maybe difficult. And so for us, as your assignment today, 
is to be joyful as you go out of here. And not just today, but as the week progresses, because we are image bearers of God as we express, as Peter said, as we express ourselves to others, we are actually allowing others to get a, a glimpse of what it is to have a relationship with God and to express that and allow the Holy Spirit to, to do that as he allows us to experience the gift of joy, as Galatians 5 talks about. And I'm just going to go ahead and pray as the worship team comes up for the last song. Father, thank you so much for your gift, the gift of joy. Much like love and hope, we too have this, this thing that we look forward to that is so much a part of our life right now. God, help us to be joyful people that we experience the gift of your spirit and that through that joy that we would be expectant of what's coming ahead of us. Not to unwrap presents and not to, to, to do something in, on a particular morning that we've always done as a celebration in our family, but a joyful expression of what comes before us and what we have right now is we have a life that is to be lived to the fullest, that we have a joy and a hope that other people who don't know you um, don't, get, don't get to enjoy. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for your son who made that all possible as he came as a baby, that he wouldn't scare us away, that he would come as the most uh, non-threatening non um, person, that we would have a relationship with him. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for this season. Thank you for all the kids that we had singing and celebrating your name that we'd be able to lift it high. And uh, we just thank you for all these things in this season. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.